Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show, sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive and for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 26th and 27th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass okay we're going to go ahead and get started with our post qualifying media availability we are joined by our Bushlight poll winner kyle larson driver of the number five hendrickcars.com chevrolet uh, we'll go ahead and open it up to questions. Uh, we'll start right up here, up front, with Mike. Two questions. Yeah. Okay. Mike Hembry, NBC Sports. How much time you got to get there, and how are you going to do it? Uh, well, my answers will be short and quick, and <laughs> I'll go to the airport. So, no, it'll be tight. I'm I'm hoping to be wheels up here before eight, which is seven there. It's like hour forty minute flight, and I'll land in time to hopefully get there in time for a main hot laps do my hot laps, watch the B-Main, and, and race the A-Main. So um, pretty quick trip, flying with Justin Marks. So huge thanks to him for, um, yeah, lining it all up and, and going to have some fun. So um, I guess uh, Hendrick, uh, Kyle Larson, and Ross Chastain front row is pretty cool. Be flying, flying with him. So um, look forward to it and hopefully get a win tonight. Car as good as last year's? Uh, at Knoxville? Um yeah, I, I think so. I think our car last year was extremely good. I think we've gotten our stuff better um, this week, and um, the charge from 20th to 50th the other night was pretty impressive. So uh, much better track position to start, but tougher feel of cars you got to pass, and, um, but it's a longer race, so hopefully we can get it done. Okay, we've got time for one more. Go to Reed up front. Uh, Reed Spencer with the NASCAR Wire. Where, did you, where do you think you got it on the qualifying lap? Um, I think, I mean, even though I... I got into one way too hard and sideways I, I'm imagining that's probably where I made up my my time uh, just getting in really deep um, and you know I think getting it under control before I got to the exit probably is where I made up the, the lap time so I don't know though it could be three and four who knows but um, I felt like I got in a little deep too deep for sure but I think it worked out in the end okay thanks for coming Thank in you. Kyle good luck tonight all right, for folks that don't know, Kyle's at Knoxville, and Kyle Magna, you said uh, this it'll be just a matter of time now before the main event. Yeah, Rowdy, they got the uh, D main done, so I think the C main's next. So they still got the B main and the A main to get through. Uh, Austin McCarl's on the pole for the A main. Uh, they did a point system. They took the top 16 in points uh, from the two nights. And uh, also they took four from last night as well. So, uh, yeah, Rico Abreu won last night. Uh, Sheldon Hodden Shield got in as well. So a few guys got in. Uh, Shark Racing won uh, Wednesday night with Logan Schuhart and then Thursday night with Jacob Allen, who was locked into the A-Main 
So, uh, yeah, it's been a good week for, for Pennsylvania Shark Racing. And, uh, yeah, Kyle Larson going to be starting sixth in the A-Main tonight at Knoxville. Uh, you can see that live on Dirt Vision. And uh, looking forward to hopefully getting to, uh, getting to, getting to it uh, after Richmond with qualifying. You know, we had a uh, truck qualifying to end practice and also the uh, Worldwide Express 250 at Richmond, International, or Richmond Raceway. So uh, that race is over. Chandler Smith dominated uh led the most laps in that race, won it. It's the second one in the last three races. And also uh John Hunter Nemechek, last year's winner at Richmond finished second. Uh Polster Timajewski was third. Indianapolis winner, Grand Finger was fourth and two time winner this year, Corey Heim was fifth. So uh, there's your top five from Richmond from the night. Uh a little different now. We're running it in August. Usually we're used to running it in September. More of a playoff race, but now we're uh now in the middle of August, so uh, this is kind of where Richmond fell on the schedule. Well, Kyle, I'd like to welcome everybody to uh, the Rowdy Maglite Show, and it's on a Saturday night post-race edition. Uh, Kyle, with Kyle Magna and myself, and uh, Kyle, Richmond didn't really disappoint. What a pretty decent race tonight. I mean, it's, it's doing. You know, Kyle Busch Motorsports has been strong. I mean, there's no shock there. Uh, you know, Grandsinger won the first race of the playoffs at uh, at Indianapolis Raceway Park, and you know, he ran pretty good tonight. He's won at Richmond before, finished fourth. Uh, Chandler Smith uh, locking his, punching his ticket in the next round of the playoffs, along with Grandsinger. So now we have two drivers moving on. So uh, yeah, uh, really looking forward to seeing how they're gonna you know do the next couple rounds, and then. Uh, you know, Ty Majeski been running strong too. You know, he led a lot of laps tonight, led about 70 laps, and uh, finished third to the KBM trucks. So, uh, Carson Osovar kind of struggled tonight. Uh, didn't hear much out of him. Uh, ran, uh, got into a late race accident, but he rebounded to finish 10th. And uh, yeah, Zane Smith was ninth. So, yeah, I don't know. A lot of the playoff guys struggled. Ben Rose kind of struggled tonight. Uh, two or three laps down in the race, just not his night. Kyle, let's uh, talk about the ones that went home. Six cars like go who, home. Well, the trucks. Uh, yes, and trucks. The ones that didn't make the race. Yes. So Tyler Hill, Norm Benning. I don't have it in front of me, Rowdy. Uh, Brennan Poole didn't make it. Justin Carroll, Mason Maggio. I uh, didn't make the Raiders. One more I'm missing. I don't know. You probably know, but I, I can't. I can't think of it right now. I'm missing one more. Roger Caruth returned today. He's in the Spire truck. Um, trying to think who else was kind of quirky. Uh, Joey Gase was driving for Young's Motorsports. Rowdy on uh, the 20 truck. Yeah, Kate so, Honeycutt uh, also, Kyle. Yeah, and for On Point Motorsports, yeah. Uh, he's been running some more races. He ran Pocono, actually. I have a picture of it on the face or on the website. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, they got Kansas coming up next. That's the final race in the round, and uh, that's going to be an interesting weekend, Rowdy. Um, you know, if I lived closer, I'd probably go. It's all four series there: Arca, Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. So, a busy weekend there in Kansas next month, and um, that'll be the second race of the Cup playoffs. Well. Uh... Kyle, you got a pick for the as a winner. You just uh, kind of open, still open, wide open. You got a favorite? 
I mean, for for truck series. Yeah. I mean, I still like Zane Smith. I mean, I, I know they hasn't they haven't shown the speed. Um, you know, track position hasn't been on their side either. Um, just haven't had you know I've been slipping a little bit the last couple of weeks. I know uh, they got got a new John Hunter Nemechek at, at Indianapolis, and then a, kind of a sub a subpar run tonight. Uh, so um, yeah, um, I still think I think they're going to still be good at Phoenix. I think they're still going to make it at Phoenix. I, I just know that 38 team is really tough. I think uh, you know we got Kansas coming up. You know they dominated that race in the spring and won it, and uh, wouldn't be surprised if it happens again. So. Uh, yeah, I got some big races coming up, Rowdy. Um, you know, not not just on the you know on the truck series side, also on the Arkham Menard series side. The uh, the General Tire delivers 100 at Watkins Glen International uh, this Friday, August 19th. Uh, Corey Hines, a defending winner. We don't know yet who's running double duty, or we do know a few drivers who are running double duty. Uh, Brandon Jones being one of them. Uh, we don't know anybody else as of yet. So uh, we'll, we'll update you when we get closer. And another thing, Rowdy, uh, Buddy Kofoid uh, going to be running for Venery Motorsports in the ARCA race at uh, Springfield. Uh, interested to see how he does in that car. Um, you know, he's running two uh, truck uh, dirt races with Cobblish Motorsports this year, and it'll be, uh, he'll be in a stock car this time. So uh, yeah. interested to see how that goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, Rowdy, no, not much PA racing going on. Uh, Big Diamond had a 410 show last night, won by Tyler Esch. Uh, Clinton County Speedway has a 410 show tonight. Uh, Williams Grove, Port Royal, all off this week So for Knoxville. So, um, yeah, I know Knoxville's coming up soon. And then, uh, you know, uh, got the cup race tomorrow on USA Network. So uh, hopefully it's a good race tomorrow. Hopefully we see a good one. And, you know, hope, uh, I'm just interested to see if we'll see a better race than we did tonight or we'll see about the same. Well, Kyle, uh we got some more interviews from the deadline room today, and uh, I, I guess I'm going to start off with Kyle Bush uh, talking about Richmond. With our second press conference of the day, we are joined with Kyle Bush, driver of the number 18 M&M's Toyota. We'll go ahead and open it up to questions. Uh, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless mic to you. Bob, start with Bob up front. Was the fir- first off, is there anything you try to do to avoid bad luck? Like, <laughs> is there anything you try to either change routine-wise or anything just to try to change your luck? Um, no, not really. I've had some bad luck spells, I guess, in the past, and you just always kind of wonder when it's going to be over, and you can finally focus on uh, getting the finishes that you deserve or or that you would hope to to get just based off of your performances and, and not something bad happening to you, taking you out of a running. I, I know Kurt's been at the 2311 shop, you know, during races and is very engaged, but with him being out for so long, there's obviously some question of like, could he come back? And I'm curious with you not having a ride and, and knowing that that's a Toyota ride, do you, I mean, does that, does his health impact you know any potential decision your your decision making process at all on as far as whether he could would or wouldn't drive next year uh i mean i guess it could i don't know that it's necessarily been a a prospect um so obviously i'd want him to be able to do what he wants to do and and go out the way he wants to go out you know i kind of talked about that where he him and i just had a conversation where you know he's like ah, Pocono qualifying crash isn't necessarily the best way of, of going out, you know, and I'm like, ah, you're 
thousand percent right, you know. So I just wish him the, the best that he can continue to get better and uh, and feel better and, and get through the processes of what this is. It's not – it's no nothing like breaking a bone and being out, you know, with an arm injury or leg injury, foot injury, anything like that. Obviously, it's it's the – the melon on top of your head that's very important to your well-being going forward and so um just hope that uh all of that can go well for him and, and he can get back as soon and as safely as possible come up here to nate and nate ryan nbc sports uh, kyle david wilson did an interview yesterday with sirius xm in which he said that he was still confident about keeping you in the camp and that you know everything was on the table to do that as you work your way through this process, is it is it a little bit comforting, I guess, to know it's not just a team that's trying to keep you, but a manufacturer in Toyota that's doing everything that it seems to be able to do as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's obviously, um, you know, a, a strong suit. I've had a relationship with um, this manufacturer and this team, Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, for 15 years. I mean, that's, that's nothing to, to bat an eye at, you know. So um, we've had some some really strong runs and some great results. We've won championships and 50-something races together. And, um, you know, obviously to, to continue on with that, my dream was to always have the, the chance of being able to go out when I want to uh, and retire when I want to and sort of do the um, Ivan Stewart Ironman deal with Toyota where he's kind of a lifer, you know what I mean? He goes to all the Toyota functions and all the Toyota things, and, and he's one of those guys that, man, you – Whenever you're at one of those things and you see Iron Man Ivan Stewart hanging around, you know, it's really awesome to, to see the the brand tie that he has. And, and that was always kind of my thought of being the NASCAR guy in, in the Toyota realm and being one that's been the most successful driver for that manufacturer here in the NASCAR ranks. So, um, you know, would love to have that opportunity. Uh, it's just a matter of being able to put all the pieces in the right places. And, uh, you know, it, it's not as simple as a – a seven-year-old puzzle. It's about a 50-year-old puzzle, uh, just with the amount of pieces and how long this thing's kind of been taken. So uh, we're still working through all that. Uh, and then my second one is uh, kind of about the race itself. In the April race, uh, Denny wins by stopping twice in the final stage. I think Harvick did too, and they both beat Byron, who it appeared was going to be uh, the winner until they got the fresher tires. It, do you expect that more teams will be attuned to that strategy? tomorrow or is it still to kind of depend on tire wear are you expecting tire wear to be the same i know the caution kind of plays into it like do you think teams will approach it differently based off of what happened in april i think if you play the same race over again it's going to be a two-stopper in the final stage no question i think everybody will jump on that it's also 20 degrees hotter than it was here the first time around so tire wear and fall off is going to be uh worse so you will be um you know based off of the mathematics it'll be a two-stopper front to lee You've, you've said from the get-go with your nego negotiations that you have to put yourself and your family first, and, and I get that. But this is the time of year when deals start getting put together with drivers, sponsorships start getting put together with drivers um, and teams. So is everything just kind of on hold at KBM until your part of the puzzle is, is completed? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's on hold. It's a it's a forefront in the discussions. Um, you know, each each and every week, and um, people that you talk to, though that's obviously one of probably the the second question that gets asked. Um, so it's high up there for sure, and that's probably why it's taking a little bit longer. 
um, than what it should. And so just working through those pieces, again, the, the puzzle is, is not as easy and as simple as it may seem from the outside. So, uh, which that answers a lot of other questions in, in my career and in my entirety. I'm not as simple as it may seem <laughs> uh, ever. So, um, you know, being able to put all of that together is, is um, yeah, just what I said, just not as easy as it seems. So we're, again, trying to work through that. Um, I had another thought, but I, I lost it. What do you got? It happens with age. Um. I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. Sonoma, this, this car. You oh, now I know what it was. All right, sorry. So this is the second time I've gone through this. The last time I went through this was 15 years ago. The landscape of the sport was entirely different 15 years ago. And so this, to me, you know, that I had a runway of 20, 25 years ahead of me, you know. So I had probably a little bit more leg, more runway to stand on. Uh, and I understand that. I get that. Um, but to me, this situation right now is very important to me as well as Kyle Busch Motorsports um, because wherever this next place is, whether it's Joe Gibbs Racing or whoever, um, I would like it to, to not have to go through this again, right? I've got six, seven, maybe eight more years. If I play all this out perfectly, Brexton and I, we share a truck when he turns 16 years old, when he's 16 and 17, and then it's his when he's 18 and I'm done, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like that's the perfect play. And so if I can align all of that, you know, the runway does exist for a Bush. Obviously he's pretty talented. He wins a lot. He wins more than I do. I hear about it every day. So the runway for him, if you want to look at it that way, is 30 years plus. So, um, you know, he'll, he can he can carry on this legacy a hell of a lot longer than I will. Good point. Um, Suarez was at a test with Kimi this past week, and he was talking about how aggressive drivers are and, you know, warning them about certain drivers. And, um, you know, I, I'm just kind of curious what kind of a wake-up call do you think it's going to be when he's out there racing the Ross Chastains or the Kyle Bushes or the Brad Keselowski's? I mean, you've been there at Watkins Glen. You know what it's like. It's beating and banging, and that's uh, he's not used to having fenders like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I hope he's at least watched uh, a couple of these races at road courses and, and see what the end turns into. Um, you know, Indy's entirely different than Watkins Glen. Um, you know, five wide into a two-lane corner where – the Glen, you don't really you don't really get up to a big speed before you got to break for turn one. So two, three wide is kind of the norm through there. But yeah, there's always contact and stuff like that. So um, you know, hopefully we can all just be smarter about it and and more respectful about it. Um, but that's probably asking too much. Yeah. Okay, we'll come up front to Kelly. Kyle, you said it there a minute ago. This is not the first time you've gone through it in terms of contract negotiations, but add in the new car this year, trying to learn that, the recent stretch of bad luck that you've spoken about. Um, is this one of the most mentally trying years that you've had in, in the series when you add all of that together? Yeah, for sure. Please hold. Getting my facts straight here. All right. So let's throw some facts, which is performance, on top of the optics, which is results, right? Sonoma, collectively, JGR, we all sucked. Nashville, we were P2, led the most laps, could have, should have won the race, barring a strategy call at the end. Road America, driver made a mistake, pit road over the wall too soon, speeding penalty, race went green to the end. 
Atlanta, good car, drove from 19th to the top three in the opening run. We had a hiccup on pit road. We were involved in the next crash. New Hampshire, we spun twice. We weren't very good. Our team teammates were a little bit better than us, obviously. Uh, still was able to salvage a 12th. Pocono, one of the top three best cars all day, led the most laps, finished P2 before the Room of Doom. And then uh, the Indy Road Course, obviously, we were probably a 10th to 12th place car. We put ourselves inside the top 10. We just passed um, the two car leading into the second to last caution of the day. And the two car ended up finishing second, making his way through all the chaos at the end. And we did not. So uh, I think where did I finish? 11th on that one. So was still able to come from 24th to 11th on the last restart. So a lot of bad luck in there. And that's not indicative of how we've been running. So if we can just finish how we've been running, um, you know, we're, we're no slouch. I feel like we're still contenders. Okay. Any more questions? Up, oh, up here for Mike. And right here. Mike Embry, NBC Sports. Uh, Kyle, talking about road courses in general, and, and you mentioned Indy. Does it make sense to keep running that course with the first turn like it is, where people are always going to try to put five cars where one and a half or two can go? Can Can anything change to make that make more sense? Sure. I mean, you can change anything you want to. We can go. We could throw the green flag going through the S's if you want, um, but I, I don't know. Um, you know, other guys have kind of had just through rumblings I've heard is single file restarts, you know, throw the green coming out of 13 where we all kind of accelerate through 14, and then we're all a little bit more spread out, and you have a different shot at turn one, uh, not so packed up so tight. So there's all kinds of different things uh, that you can do. I think I think that – uh, restarting early single file is something the IndyCar guys do or something, so that's kind of where that idea maybe stemmed from. But, um, yeah, I'd, or you could just go back to the oval and make Indy what really Indy is meant to be and go run the oval with, with our cars. So, um, yeah. I would uh, I would think from the driver's standpoint, we would all like to go see the Indy oval and see, see what it looks like and, and be back on – on um, hollowed ground, if you will. But, um, you know, as far as action and calamity and destruction, if that's what you're into, keep us where we're at. Don't change a thing. Is there a team strategy for making sure Martin gets in the playoffs? Oh, man. That, we're in Richmond. That's a bad question. That's a bad question. I have an itch. <laughs> No. Race it out. Play it as it is. You know, that's all you can do. So. Okay. And on that, we'll just wrap it up. Thanks for coming in, Kyle. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, Kyle, you know, I've <laughs> there's still no deal there. Uh what do you think is going to happen? Your personal opinion. I don't really know at this point because we know Ty Gibbs is kind of in the waiting um, in the Xfinity Series. I'm running really good this year. I just got his fifth win in Michigan. So uh, I'm not really sure at this point. You know, I mean, I think, you know, if Kyle does decide to switch manufacturers, um, what does that do to the truck team? I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that, that you kind of have to throw that factor in there as well. So, but uh, yeah, um, 
I'm not sure where he's going to end up next year yet. Um, I know there's some there's some possibilities. I mean, they say he's been talking to teams, but um, could be back in the 18 next year. Could see Ty Gibbs back in the Xfinity Series, or we could see Ty Gibbs up in the Cup Series. I mean, 10th in Michigan wasn't too shabby in that 2311 car, so um, definitely getting better every race. And uh, you know, that's basically that's you know that's, that's what they have to decide here is you know the future of Joe Gibbs Racing. Looks like it's going to be in the in the hands of Ty Gibbs at one point. Well, it must have been uh, Gibbs in the interview room. And we got uh, Denny Hamlin up here, uh, Kyle, and I'm going to play Denny here. Okay, we'll go ahead and get started with our driver media availabilities today. We are joined by Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11, FedEx Freight Toyota. We'll go ahead and open it up to questions. Uh, please state your name and your affiliation. Raise your hand, and we'll get a wireless mic to you. Start up here with Mike. Mike Embry, NBC Sports. Denny, um, has everything there is to know about this car essentially been learned from the from the basic platform and so forth going to the playoffs, or do you still need to know even more about it? No, I, I think we've learned uh, quite a bit in the first, you know, two-thirds of the season or whatever the number might be, but... Um, I think certainly we've, we know a lot more, and, and certainly after we've gone through all these tracks now, different types, um, you know, we've seen trends from certain types of tracks. Uh, we, we've got a good understanding of it, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we can always kind of fix what we want to fix because of, you know, the rules and, and the tolerances being so tight. Okay, we'll go over here to Lee. I'm just kind of curious, um, how concerned are you about Kurt Busch at this point? Because, you know, it's one thing for it to be one week or two weeks, but now it's, you know, starting to be reoccurring. Yeah, I mean, it's concerning for sure. Um, you know, mostly concerning for his health, but not really for the race team. Um, just, you know, we want to give him all the time he needs. And, you know, this is proof that he's doing his doing right by his body and, and making sure he's back to 100%. I think that uh, other drivers maybe in the past probably maybe would have just kind of uh, been able to get some test pass and gone out there and, and race, but he wants to be 100% because it's just, you know, no one race or season or whatever might be as important as your overall health in, in the long term. And as far as going to Watkins Glen next week, you know, we've said for a long time there aren't ringers anymore because um, you guys have all become so yeah. proficient at, at road course running, but when you're in the field with a guy like Kimi Raikkonen, how does that kind of, you know, change the dynamic of the race? Uh, it doesn't change the dynamic of the race, I don't think, uh, you know, unless it does. I mean, uh, I think that, um, you know, it's a it's a great opportunity for him and track house and, and whatnot, but as far as, like, being a, a contender to, to, like, race for the win, I don't think that's a possibility, uh, just simply because it, it does take time. It doesn't, you know, you know, it's just if you look at the people that have been successful in stock cars coming from an open-wheel background, it takes a long time, other than you've got these anomalies like uh, Tony Stewart and, and, and a few others. Montoya took a little bit of time, but it's just, it's just really difficult because everyone has gotten so much better, and especially with the information, the data that they've got nowadays, uh, all those, all the drivers that are in the field now have really stepped up uh, dramatically. So 
I think uh, it, it's a good thing for our sport if it gets some good publicity. Uh, but other than that, I'm not really sure that it changes the dynamic of the race too much. Okay, we'll come up to Bob, Nate, and then Reed. Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports, kind of following up on what Lee asked. I mean, I know Kurt was has been at the kind of the command center and has been engaged, but is there any concern that, or is there any thought that like he might not be able to come back? And do you have to start thinking about next year at all in the 45? I mean, we're always thinking about it. We're we're as forward thinking as you can possibly be as a race team. Um, but you know, ultimately, we we're not and we can't uh, rush Kurt's health. But we're, we always are trying to come up with contingency plans uh, based off of any other scenario that, that might get thrown our way. Uh, Nate Ryan, NBC Sports. Kind of following up on that, Denny, um, can you evaluate how Ty Gibbs is performing in that car? And is that taking a little bit of pressure off of you guys, knowing that he's kind of an adequate fill-in? I presume is he sort of like, as long as Kurt's out, is he going to be the go-to guy? Uh, I, I believe so. Um, but I, I think he's done a good job for us, for sure. I think that uh, uh, I think he certainly realizes this. You know, that the fence between Xfinity and Cup is a big old tall one. Um, you know, these guys over here don't mess around too much, and so it's uh, it's it's tough. And so, you know, Ty, uh, I think he's done really good considering of what we've asked him to do, and that's keep his nose clean, keep uh, keep that 45 car in a, in a good position. Uh, in the owners' playoffs, you know that's really important for us financially. Um, so it's uh, it's important, and he's really done a good job for us to do that. And then he took a fast car last week. Obviously, he made a mistake uh, late in that race, but um, he he took it and he he maximized his day. So I think he did a, a really good job, and certainly um, we're happy with the job he's been doing for us uh, thus far. And then uh, going back to the April race here, where I think it was just you and Harvick were the only two that made two stops in that final stage, and you caught By and beat Byron. Um, do you expect more teams will be on that strategy, or do you think you know, people can still play the game of if there's no if there's a caution, that mm -hmm. strategy is probably not going to work, right? Yeah, it just depends whether the fall off is the same. Um, you know, ultimately, computer programs are going to say tell the true story of whether it's the right thing to do or not. But you've um, it's if the fall off is less this time, then two stops won't work because they'll be farther out. They won't drop off as far uh, in the long run. It just kind of depends on what the how the race is playing out, uh, what the strategy is, who's up front, when that's happening. Uh, all that is is part of a program that makes it so hard for us to do with pen and paper nowadays, like we used to to do. Uh, there's so many factors that play into it. Um, certainly, there was a time where in that last stage if a caution comes at any point either they would have been in big trouble or we would have been in big trouble so it's it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword there of uh, what's the right strategy and it just it worked out the way it did it didn't necessarily mean that the one-stop strategy was the wrong one okay we're here to read Spencer with NASCAR Wire and, and looking over the history of Richmond very seldom do you get an unusual or a surprise winner here what is it about this track that seems to favor the elite veteran drivers over anybody else? Yeah, just knowing what you need to feel here in practice versus what you race is, is something that knowledge certainly plays a factor in and experience plays a factor in. Uh, I know specifically when I go out there today, I'm going to look for a certain type of feel. My car needs to work a certain way in the certain part of the corner for me to know the, whether it's a race-winning car or not. 
Um, those are things that you know younger guys with not enough experience don't necessarily have. But sometimes you have a young driver with an experienced team that gives them the foresight to, to look for those things. And that's where you see some of the young guys like Byron, uh, even though he's not a rookie by any means, you know, latches right on and, and is a contender for, to win like he was in the spring. Okay, we'll come up here to Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Um, kind of looking at the playoff scenario, if Kurt's not in a position where he needs to be in the, the car at Daytona, but he is healthy enough to race, is it worth, is it something considering keeping him out of that race car just because it's Daytona and there's no need to be him in a super speedway race? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really sure what the protocols will be on that uh, once he's cleared, um, whether he continues to get waivers, um, even if he is cleared. I'm, I'm really not sure, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, yes, a great idea. We might use that. Thanks. Okay, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Go back here and then up front. Hi, I'm Darren. Right here. Yep. Darren Snyder, um, Black Door Ventures. I was wondering, I was at the Above His Block party on Thursday, and I was wondering if you had heard anything about it, what you thought about it going in, and what you think about it now that it's um, gone and passed. Yeah, we're going to debrief as a team on it. Um, next uh, Wednesday, but you know, being part of the NASCAR Diversity Council, I'm on that board as well. Um, you know, that's something that they've been planning for quite a quite a long time, and cer certainly something that we've had uh, our hands in. And um, I'm, I, it sounds like this it went really, really well. I know that they had to cap uh, the amount of people that were, were coming at a certain amount, which is a, a very good thing that there was an increased interest there. Um, it's all about just you know trying to broaden our audience in, in, in at this racetrack on television everything and, and open up our sport to some that may not know anything about it. So anytime you can kind of mix you know NASCAR race, racing and pop culture, it's all really a good thing for us. And I think that we see it week in week out in our stands nowadays that our our fans and our audience is more diverse than it's ever been. Come up front and then over to Lee. Denny, uh, you, you grew up around here. Uh, is, is the emotion of the home court really a thing, or is it just something we media types like to write about? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think that uh, certainly I feel it from within. When I run bad here, I feel it a little bit harder than I do on any other type of racetrack because, I, like I talk about it, I know what I really need to feel at this track, and it's very frustrating when I can't get my car to do those things. Um, and so... It's just part of it. So certainly, I would say I always feel more pressure coming to this racetrack in general. Uh, Martinsville is probably a very, very close number two. Uh, but it doesn't always mean you're going to have success, even though you know what you need. Uh, sometimes it depends on where your race team's at at the time. Uh, there's a lot of factors that goes into it. But certainly, the emotion is, is very high at, at a racetrack like this versus others. OK, over here to Lee. Just kind of curious, with the Bubba announcement this week, um, you know, four straight top ten finishes, more than anybody else in the last month, um, was there something that you saw in him that made you see, think that he has turned the corner? I mean, you know, certainly the performance has been there over the last month, but is there something um, even more specific that we're, yeah. we might not be seeing, you know, with our eyes that you're, you're, yeah. you're kind of dialed in on? 
Yeah, I mean, certainly. We're, we live and breathe it every day at 2311. We, we see where he's progressed, even though results, you know, typically you, know, you guys have to hyper-focus on, you, you try to focus on 36 different drivers, right? We focus on our two, so we know where they are getting better and where they're not. And so we try to put those numbers and, and analytics in front of our drivers to see how they can improve in certain positions. And I think that certainly Bubba has taken a giant step. And even though at the beginning of the year results, you know, we, we honestly, it's well documented that I said that we, I felt we were holding Bubba back at the beginning of the year uh, with, with kind of mistakes on pit road. I think that we've gotten that better. Joe Gibbs Racing has helped us get that better. Um, and then on top of that, he's continued to work on his game because ultimately you know it's it is sometimes convenient when you always have an out that you know it's the pit crew or a certain part of the team is what's holding me back from performing well you always have to be as a professional <laughs> prepared for the moment that nothing else is holding you back and and are you ready to step up to the plate when everything is going your way and your cars are fast and your pit crew is great you have to be ready for those moments and i think that he continued to work even though Publicly, he didn't handle things the way I loved it, but he continued to put his nose down and continue to work on his craft, and that's what's showing up now. But didn't you say that it's something to learning how to race up front? Would you agree with that? Because you've always been a really great equipment when you got to Yeah, and, and that's kind of why it's, it's tough, you know, with kind of the emotion he showed last week and that, you know, he felt like you know, he let the team down, he should have won. It's hard to beat these guys each and every week, and he is racing against a, a, a crop of drivers that he hasn't raced with for the first handful of years of his career. So it is more difficult to execute and and beat them. And so uh, nothing's a given. You have to have all the pieces of the puzzle put together to win these races. The four team proved that great. They, they've just been chipping away over the last month or so. Their performance has been getting better. And then, bam, they had one good break with that caution, and then they capitalized. And so that's that's all of it that you have to put together. And they, But, you know, to their credit, they put themselves in position to do that. They were running up front when that happened. So um, that's the things that, you know, it's not always a given just because you have a fast car that you're going to win races. You still have to have it all. And, and so that's why it's – you know, we we view last week as certainly a success because it was, you know, like Loudon, one of the more, uh, you know, put together weekends that that 23 car has had from top to bottom, from practice, qualifying, and race. And so that's what we're hoping to see, and we've seen it twice now, at least in the last couple months. So those are all good trends that are heading our our direction, uh, and I believe that this is probably the the Bubba Wallace that that is here to stay for sure. Okay, we'll wrap up here with Bob. Uh, Bob Hockrist, Fox Sports. Um, if you had announced and it were gotten done the Bubba extension a month ago, people would say, well, what has he done? You do it this week and you can say, you know, well, I finished top ten the last four weeks. Uh, does that matter? Well, of course it matters. For me, I want to win. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm heavily invested in the sport because I want to win and be competitive and build a, the, you know, top-tier elite racing team so um, if I didn't think Bubba had the capability of winning I, I it doesn't matter about any other factors uh, I, he wouldn't be part of this team but he is part of this team because I believe he can win and I think that he's showing uh, that he's racing our cars to full potential right now and so that's all I can ask 
um, you know, hopefully we just continue on this trend because it's, it's certainly what I want to see and what I, ex what I expected last year, but it, you know, it's probably was a little much to ask in year one, not only from him, but from our race team. Um, these things take time. You can't just, uh, y it doesn't matter how much money you can throw at this. You cannot just, you know, buy wins. You have to put the right people together. That's Joe's slogan is you win with people. And, and that takes time to get all those things put together. And it's now starting to come together. And I believe that Bubba's contract and extension with us was definitely well warranted from what I've seen this season, not just including the last four weeks. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track, Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive and for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 26th and 27th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Um, we are happy to have Worldwide Express here with us today as we announce a new NASCAR official partnership. A leading full-service logistics partner and tonight's Truck Series race title sponsor, Worldwide Express has become the official logistics partner of NASCAR. Since becoming a primary team, a primary team sponsor early this year with Trackhouse Racing and Nice Motorsports, World Ride Express has expanded its presence in NASCAR as tonight's NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race entitlement sponsor and now the NASCAR official partnership. They'll also increase their track presence as they've been designated the official logistics partner of Richmond Raceway. To talk about this big news, we're joined by Jeff Wuschlager, Vice President, Chief Sales Officer for NASCAR, as well as Rob Rose, President of Worldwide Express. Jeff, if you could talk to us a little bit about the uh, partnership with Worldwide Express. Uh, thank you, Brent, uh, and good afternoon, everyone. Uh, we're thrilled to welcome uh, Rob and his team and Worldwide Express and his sister companies as our official logistics partner. And I think it's really, of course, special to do it on a day where they're entitling the race tonight. Uh, Rob has shown us in a very short amount of time, in fact, we were talking about this, they've sprinted to this point uh, since February, but he has shown us that he has a clear vision for how he wants to integrate in this sport. And we use the word integration quite a bit uh, in our world, in the sales world, because we truly feel that the best and most successful partnerships are those that are fully integrated. And he's demonstrating that. Obviously, he started off with his strong relationship with, with uh, Trackhouse Racing, uh, and, and then today with uh, the official rights announcement, his rights uh, here in Richmond, and then uh, integrated media across. So he's really doing it the right way. Uh, before I thank Rob especially, but I want to thank Justin, Ty, Andrew, and the group at Trackhouse because they have invited us in, uh, they brought us to the table uh, with Rob, and, uh, and frankly that could not have happened without the three of them um, showing us the way. So uh, appreciate that, that leadership. Uh, but I really appreciate the partnership that Rob has demonstrated up to this point. Uh, and we purposely don't call our official uh, partnership sponsorships. We are partners and, uh, you know, it, we talk a lot about the value of our sport 
in developing business-to-business -business, uh, partnerships, and that's our charge. Our team's charge is to help Rob move his business forward by putting him in front of partners that can absolutely use his services, and we're excited to move forward, and, and I think we're going to have a successful partnership for years to come. Rob, leading to this weekend, um, you've had several of your, you've hosted several of your carriers, uh, you've hosted a toy drive benefiting the local children's hospital, and now announced this partnership. Uh, what makes NASCAR such a good fit for your company? Well, I think is, uh, first of all, good afternoon. Thanks for uh, having us uh, and our team in the back. Um, I think as Jeff mentioned, the, the, the partnership aspect is something that uh, we were really drawn to. It was not. Uh, it was not a marketing effort. It was not a sponsorship. It was not a put your name on a few things and then hope people kind of get impressions. That's not. That wasn't the sort of partnership we were looking for. Um, and and it, it goes to our partnership with NASCAR. It also goes to our partnership with our carrier partners uh, in our business as a logistics provider. Uh, we have a bunch of carriers who are here today who actually be part of the uh, the ceremony tonight. Uh, but they, we, we have deep partnerships with them in, in terms of how they move product and, and to fulfill the services that we work with our customers to, uh, to put together. Um, but from, a, from an integration standpoint, and I love that word that Jeff used, um, that, that's what we're looking to do. We have, our, our customers are NASCAR fans. Like we're in the logistics space, the transportation space, you know, rarely do you go to a customer who doesn't have a favorite driver or isn't some way a fan which isn't hard to, you know, understand. There's 66 million NASCAR fans, you know, it's one in five people in the country, like, but they're our customers. And so for us to have a deep partnership and for NASCAR to trust us um, as an official partner handling the logistics for, you know, the kind of complex supply chain that they have to, to do 30 sometimes a year, um, it's just a nod of confidence um, that our customers can understand that we're, you know, we're a legitimate company, even though we're a $5 billion logistics company when someone like NASCAR puts their trust and, and faith in what we do, you know, there's there's a lot of positive, uh, you know, ramifications for us that way. And Rob, from a local connection side to uh, tonight's entitlement, um, you're a University of Richmond Spider. I am. Um, and you said you attended your first race at, uh, at Richmond Raceway. So what, what's it mean when you think about coming to your first race here, but now to have the company you work for's brand on tonight's race? It's really cool. Um, actually, I was, I was talking to Alyssa, who heads up our brand, uh, this morning that it, it's a it's a fairly nostalgic um, event because I remember like it was yesterday this is 1996 coming to um, coming to the race uh, a friend of mine had worked actually for GMAC back in the day and so we got you know pit access it was a huge deal like we were down you know next to the cars and I you know we were, this was a long time ago now but um, having gone to that but just the impression that it made and the the sights, the sounds, the smells, the just the, the experience was, it's addictive. Um, and now, you know, to be, what are we now, 25 years later almost or so, um, you know, it's pretty, it's very cool to be back here. You know, Richmond's an important place for, for me uh, personally, not just there, but having gone to university, our CEO, Tom, um, went to undergrad at Virginia, I went to grad school at Virginia. So this area is very important to us but also a number of our really important carrier partners are headquartered here. Um, and so we're, we, we took the opportunity for the toy drive. We partnered with Estes uh, Freight Lines and their, you know, Rob Estes and his uh, folks are amazing um, and had, uh, you know, a really great opportunity to support UMFS, the Children's Hospital, VCU, 
um, but the, the, our partners in this area have embraced the opportunity to do some, you know, some good, you know, good support for causes in the Richmond community as well. Yeah, so to get to make this official partnership in the Commonwealth of Virginia today, pretty, pretty big moment. It's a pretty big deal. We could have done this in a lot of places, honestly, yeah. but when we did, you know, the official partnership and, and talked to Jeff and his team, Richmond just seemed like a really natural place for us to, you know, put down roots, do a multi-year deal, um, and, and look forward to, you know, this partnership for a long time. Cool. We'll, uh, we'll open it up for questions. Oh, we'll get Zach up front. This is Zach Albert, NASCAR.com for Rob. I uh, just wanted to ask about, um, I know you've had some activations with, uh, on the team side with Trackhouse and with Nissan Motorsports. What have those been like and what have those kind of shown you and uh, to make this like the next logical step for activations for you guys? Yeah, thanks Zach. Um, well, I, I've, I've said a bunch of times in the past few months, we've been, we've been lucky and they've been good. <laughs> so, you know, to, to partner up and find yourself in victory lane as early and often as we have with both track house and nice uh, you know i i'm sure everybody that's their dream when they kind of those start those activations and those partnerships we've been able to live that which has been fantastic you know i, I appreciate jeff calling out justin and ty who's with us today and, and their teams their their drive to be excellent at every part of this is um, a, a very close tie to our culture. We, when I met Justin, and I actually met Justin for the first time at Coda when Ross won his first race that afternoon, um, you know, it was immediately clear that Trackhouse had a view of the world that resonated extremely well with Worldwide Express. As you get to know our group, and, and Jeff's gotten to know some of our folks, winning is number one. Doing it the right way is is also number one, but we're we're going to win, and that's just how we look at the world. And so to go from zero to 100 as we have here with the partnership is because we figured out quickly this economic B2B model works. Um, and so our activation with Trackhouse and also with Nice, who's similarly focused on winning uh, and bringing quality people to the table, has been it's been easy to go deep um, with the partnerships in a very short period of time. We'll go to Adam. So first off, as a spider, I'm a VCU grad, sorry. But <laughs> speak to the Richmond connection a little bit. You talked about it already. But how meaningful is it to have that Richmond connection with you know, U of R's right here, VCU's right here, and all that stuff? It's really meaningful. Um, you know, again, it's a, it's a special place. It's one of the few cities I've lived in that I would live in again. Um, it's just, you know, there are, there are values here that I think are um, they're they're deeply American. I think NASCAR belongs here. Um, I think there you know there's been there's a resurgence that's happening right now in NASCAR in general. I think Richmond will benefit from that. Um, it, you know the last couple of years nobody's numbers have been normal, right? So the new normal is is climbing quickly, um, and and I think Richmond will benefit from that. I think there's just a natural momentum in the sport. And, and in the southeast region, but but for me personally, I, I wanted to contribute to you know Richmond's resurgence within NASCAR as well. So you know with Lori being named you know recently, and there's just there's a there's a groundswell of talent and focus on this market. Uh, in addition to our carrier carriers being based here, um, that I think it makes it special on a number of different levels that kind of all come together. Uh, and Richmond's the commonality. Up front. 
Hi, uh, Carol D'Agostino from skirtsandscuffs.com. You talked a little bit about the demographics of NASCAR fans. When you were looking uh, prior to your relationship with NASCAR, did you look at other professional sports? We did. Um, you know, it's been, NASCAR was presented to us with actually a very unique B2B opportunity where there was a, uh, you know, a team looking for a sponsor that did a lot of freight work. And so it was, a, it was easy math for us to do to, to get into it. But before we deepened that relationship, we very much took time to understand what, what is the demographic of, a, of the NASCAR fan base look like? They're, they're highly loyal. Their, their affinity to the sport is unmatched. Their willingness to spend, they have the highest discretionary spend of any fan at any professional sporting event. Their, their willingness to spend with a partner of NASCAR is unmatched. Their willingness to recommend a service where they have a positive experience is unmatched. You know, I think this year we're up 41% in new and first-time attendees to races. I think the clash was something, some crazy number, like 70, 80% were first-time attendees. You can't see we have him on retainer. I know, right? It's like, but, but, the fa but that's important, right? Because as we're looking to, to where we're going to put money, again, I didn't want a marketing relationship. I wanted a partnership with a fan base who understands what we do from a logistics perspective but also cares whether or not I want to support that sport. And so I think the, the tie-in to NASCAR, um, it, when you look at, you know, really the NFL for their four months is, you know, it's, it's hard to beat that. But once you get past that, NASCAR, is a, there's not even a close, you know, third behind NASCAR. So it was, it was a pretty perfect spot for us. Any final questions? Well, before we conclude, um, if you have a blue box in front of you, um, there's a gift from Worldwide Express for everyone in the room, all the media here today. Um, and then also, um, right after this, we're going to do a quick photo op up here. And then Daniel Suarez will be available at, uh, at a half hour after um, over by that door for his media availability for race weekend. Thank you. Thanks very much. Kyle, I hope uh, Worldwide Express sends you and I our little blue box. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, maybe another insulated mug from NASCAR. All right. Hey, uh, Kyle, it's all about, you know, sponsors and uh, loyalty to customers and the, and the sponsors. And, you know, I say it on the show. If you see a car that's got sponsors on it and a driver you like, spend some money with that sponsor, Kyle. Kyle, what you got to close us out tonight? Well, Rowdy, hopefully uh, keep an eye on the whole Knoxville deal, see what's going on there, and uh, keep everyone informed on what's going on with everything else, and, uh, you know, do it again Monday morning. Absolutely, Kyle. Thanks for reminding me about the Monday morning again. We had we had we gotta keep preaching Monday morning, nine o'clock central, ten Eastern. We'll have uh, all the winners, Kyle. We should have oh. Thank God.